Welcome to the latest episode of Platform. Today, we're going to be speaking to Sasha Lopez. The first time I saw Sasha skate was in a Grindhouse edit. I think it was around 2011 that Daniel Prell made. Remember Daniel Prell? Used to be pro for UST. Um, And back then he was riding dashes and he was good, but yeah, I wouldn't have said there was anything remarkable about him. And then for years, just didn't hear anything from the guy. And then over the past few years, it just seems like he's been absolutely killing it. He was on Razors for a while, and then he got on 50-50. And he's brought out a bunch of things online and on Instagram and shown that he's just so good at transfers and cess slides and got just amazing style. Um, He parted away with... Parted ways with Razors not too long ago. It was either the start of this year or the end of last year. Um, And since that time, he has just been absolutely killing it. He brought out a section in Flama, which was by Tellers Angel and Mark Moreno. If you haven't seen that yet, it is so good. It's probably the best showcase of the Barcelona scene that is available. It basically just shows all the different crews and how incredibly talented they are. And Sasha has the ender section. Then he's just released a section called Viva or Vivi, and that was in God Skates. And he's got a new section coming out and a full length video by a brand. I think they're a German brand called TNT. And he's just been picked up by Icon. So loads of stuff to talk about um, where he kind of disappeared to for the several years that I hadn't seen any footage of him, or maybe he was producing edits and I just wasn't seeing them. Um, how long he was riding for razors, why he decided to quit, the video parts he's been putting out recently. Um, and yeah, just talk about loads of stuff, get to know him better. Um, I know he's been watching the podcast since it started because he regularly provides me with feedback on it, which is pretty cool. So yeah, can't wait to speak to him. Before that though, cue the music. Hello. Oh, I think we're good. And I can't hear yeah. an intense amount of music in the background. You had me you had me worried there when you said the neighbor's music was gone. Yeah, it's the neighbor from um, the block just in front of us. And it's really a punk rocker. So sometimes he puts the music super loud. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure the other neighbors just love him. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> so... How you doing? This we finally got there. This how long have we been trying to do this for? Months? Months, yeah, a few months. I'm fine, thank you. Um pretty awesome. Feeling pretty awesome because my mom is here for visit. So um happy and happy also for having released the project that I told you I wanted to release before we do the, the podcast. So yeah. yeah, I'm pretty pretty happy about that. And I saw TNT have just announced their their full length video. There's a there's a premiere coming up, so it's it's finally coming out. Exactly, the twenty fourth of July, I think it was. So, you, you ditched razors and then just got incredibly productive. You've now since 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 quitting razors, you've brought out three sections. <laughs> I mean, those sections were already in the making. Yeah, um, and then things started like um, going down with the support. But the sections were 
still there. So I was doing the same, but I got out of there and still did my thing, you know. All right, okay. Um we'll we'll get to that later. But the first the first time I saw you skate was I think it was around 2011 and it was the the edit that Daniel Prell made of you for Grindhouse. How how did that come about? Because it seemed kind of random where have you always lived in Barcelona? No. Um, I was born in Argentina. Okay. Ninety-two, and then we moved. My family and I we moved to Germany to a village near Germany, uh, near Stuttgart. Sorry, the village is called Felbach, and that was in the year two thousand, and that's where and when I started blading in Germany. Right. But I have. I've been going to Barcelona since 2002, like always for vacation. Okay. So pretty much all my summer vacations, I came to Barcelona. I was what I thought there must be some kind of German connection because yeah, obviously you're riding for a German clothing brand TNT, and then there was the Grindhouse edit. Did you were you ever sponsored by Grindhouse or? Yeah. 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 I was sponsored and they got me into the team when I was I think, 15, 16, something. Right. In 2008, it was. Yeah, they got me into the team. The same day where Dominic Wagner um, came to me and said, hey, man, you, your ramps are fucked up. Like they were literally fucked up. Like, you know, ramps when they, the skin fell, fell off and stuff. Yeah. So Dominic Wagner said, um, I want to give you some ramps. Um, let me, um, I give you a contact and just write me. And then a few weeks later, um, I was contacted by Kato. Okay. Yeah. So if I wanted to be part of the ramps team, of the ramps flow team. So it was pretty much in the same day I got into Grindhouse flow and ramps flow. How, how long did you write for rems for? Because I don't, I don't remember seeing... Did you ever have like a REMS flow file or anything like that? No, I didn't have a flow file. I was in some, I think it was the HR 1.3 edit, team okay. edit. I think it was in there with Mason Richards and Josiah. Ah, and right, okay, guys. right. Um, but I hadn't had a whole section with REMS. I was there till 2015, I think. Yeah. When I came to Barcelona, I started riding um, other skates. Because I feel like after I saw that edit of you in 2011, I didn't see, because obviously social media wasn't really a thing then. Like, I, I guess there was like MySpace maybe, but, you know, Facebook and Instagram wasn't really being used and you weren't seeing regular footage from people. I don't, I don't feel like I saw a section from you for years after that. Yeah, the thing was, I did have a section in the TNT. Back then we were called ABS, the team. We had a three DVDs and uh, part three that was that came out in 2013 there I had a section that's called uh, ABS3 section or something like that um, okay. it was pretty much for me personally one of my best sections before, yeah now before Flammer is is it online yeah it's on YouTube all right I need to check that out ABS ABS3 and my name okay Made by Wolfgang Appel, that's um, our friend who used to film us all the time. But yeah, it was the. I did have one more section in 2015, and that was it. I wasn't very, very productive with 
filming. Yeah, because I feel like it's only been in the last few years that you've started kind of popping up and being everywhere again, I guess because of Instagram and stuff like that. And you've got all those just ridiculous set slide and transfer clips going on that are just, yeah, you just seem to be able to set slide on everything, which I'm very <laughs> jealous of. Um, and then, yeah, and then obviously you kind of, how, how did you get onto Razors? Um, and was, when, it, when was that? 2016, end of 2016, I think. No, sorry, 2017, Battle Rail Barcelona competition. Right. This 25 stair set rail, pretty steep, super long. And they did a competition there. And there was Andy, Andy was at the competition. Okay. And yeah, I, I took, I think I took third place. First was Carlos and second, I don't remember who was second, maybe Yuri or some somebody. Uh, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's pretty stiff competition because yeah. Car- Carlos is a psychopath and Yuri can pretty much five forty onto grains. Yeah. So yeah. I think I think it was Yuri second, some Hurricane Top Soul to Tristan Top Soul or something. Sounds about right. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After the competition he came to me and um and wanted to asked me if I wanted to be in the racer team and showed me the, what was it? The racers shift, the first one. Ah, right. okay, prototype. Yeah. And he showed me the prototype and yeah, we talked a little and then he got me into it, yeah. So you skated for racers for like three years then, over three years? Yeah, three and a half, something like that. All right. So what, like, because you put up was it was it the start of this year or the end of last year that you put up a post just saying that you weren't going to be skating for them anymore last year i think end of last year end of last year yeah december january something so what like what brought that on well at, at the beginning it was pretty good i got even paid to go to competitions and got my skates like they bring out a lot of a lot of skates, so I got some skates from from them. And communication was the big problem for me. I always try to give to keep a good communication and to um, like to tell the company what I'm doing, what I want to do, my projects, everything. So they're yeah. up to date, and so they see that I'm working, you know, that I'm doing my stuff, what I should do. But then um, I didn't feel like the communication was quite right because every time I was writing something, the answer was like super short and not referring to what was I um, asking about or what I wanted to know. That's something that was, I don't know, the communication is super important. And I didn't feel from that side that, that they gave, gave me any value for my skating or for my clips or anything. So was it was it like a European team manager or who who were you dealing with? No, I talked to um, to Jov and Marco and Andy straight to okay. all three. Um, but yeah, I don't know. They're all super busy. They were all super busy by the time and I don't know Corona and stuff and doing everything by their own. I know it's hard, but um, I was feeling like I wasn't getting the support I should get. You know, 
for all the projects and results because every time I went to a competition, there was minimum a podium or a best trick or something, you know? Yeah. So I wanted to have anything in return, at least like post me on Instagram, you know? And the last thing where could you guys post me on Instagram a few times? Well, like, yeah, but the Instagram should be more for US American writers if it's the main page because they got like uh, Latin America, Europe, Spain. Um, yeah, I always just thought it was like random people that set up those other accounts because obviously you have like the the different like country like them accounts, but it's not it's not them that are doing it. It's just random people who are fans of the brand. So so razors have all these different accounts for different regions of the world. That just seems that doesn't really seem to make much. Surely it makes sense to just have one massive one with a huge following and lo- lots of engagement rather than all these little smaller different ones. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I want, I just told them, yeah, I, I get your point, but I just want to add at least one clip at the month or something at the main page because you got like, I don't know, 80,000 80, followers or something and I got eight or seven but the races like Latin America got also seven. So if they post me, it doesn't really. Yeah. You would, you would think you'd think it would benefit them. Like, especially if you're providing them with good footage because you're giving them content and it helps them to boost your profile because if you get bigger and more people know you, then it's, it's a good association with the brand. Yeah. That's why I felt like they were, stopping me from growing you know because i because if you see yourself at the company you want to sell yourself you have to promote yourself you're skating you know that's why i think and if i don't see like if i see space for going for growing and i get stopped somehow and i just want to leave and do my own shit and that's how what it had what happened right um all good with Marco, all good with Joe. Only thing was Andy. I told him, like, I wanted to be pro. Right. I told him from here to in one or two years, maybe I want to be pro. So what should I do? What can I do? Let me know. And his answer was pretty <laughs> like simple and not even getting into my issue because he told me yeah for getting a pro skate you have to be a household name you have to be Aragon you have to be Shima murder and I don't see you there something like that told me you have you have to be one once in a generation style skater that like never comes along and that's why they're so special yeah okay right cool so it's pretty much the same, he told, because I've seen your podcast from um, Stefan Brandau and Jump From. Yeah, it kind of sounds like it kind of sounds like Andy just said like the exact same thing to you that he said to uh, yeah, poor John. Yeah, and that's when I said, okay, um, for me that's disrespectful, and thank you for your time, and thank you for everything, and bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's it's not exactly a motivational thing to say like, you know, you need to become one of the all-time greats that like in order cuz that's just how possible is it for 
to become yeah it, <laughs> it yeah, seems a bit, it seems a bit unrealistic on andy's part to just expect every person he turns pro to be like the most iconic skater of all time because yeah. he's he's turned plenty of people pro who aren't and he's given skates to people like throughout the years and not all of them have gone on to be big icons in the sport Yeah, the thing how it's handled, I don't know. It's I can only see for myself, and for me, it wasn't it. It was like, okay, I don't want to be here like for ten years, um, getting skates for free because it's you get skates for free and you do content. If you don't care about them posting you, you just can can keep getting skates for free and just post the shit and skate and whatever. But I didn't want to do that because it's not fair i told them give the skates to some young guy or some south american guy please do something in south america but yeah i'm i'm gone thanks it just seems yeah it seems so straight especially considering considering how small their pro team is in america like they've only got like what four four or five guys and you know three of them have kids so they're obviously really busy with being parents i mean like yeah three yeah, like Jeff Howard, Derek Henderson, and Alex Burston all have kids. Like two of those guys have two kids. So they're like, they're, they're busy being dads. You know, they're not going to, and they're still amazing skaters, but they're not going to be as productive as they once were. And I don't know, when you said that you were quitting, I kind of thought, God, maybe if he just held on longer, he would eventually go onto the pro team because it seems like people are quitting razors all the time. I mean, even in the UK, they've only got like two or three riders in the UK. They used to have like, I'm going to say 10, 20. I mean, that's another motivation for quitting. If you see guys like Stefan Brandau, um, John Fromm, Savo Sinila, um, all those guys were on racers, Rene Fujiwara. I mean, those guys is skating super amazing. They're just quitting was for me also a big factor. Like if those guys leave, it's it must be something yeah. real in there. Like yeah. Plus, do you do you like I'm not entirely sure how connected the scene is in Barcelona, because obviously Barcelona is a massive city and it's got like loads of like crews, some small, some quite big. Like, did you ever talk to Yuri about this? Because I know that when Yuri Botello left Razors, he wasn't happy with Andy or like how the situation was so did he ever give you any advice like while you were still writing yeah. for them or yeah for sure yeah he did give me good advice good advices for sure because he was pretty an insider pretty much insider and yeah yeah it did for sure yeah <laughs> I love, love how you're <laughs> no, like, he no. gave me advice I'm not <laughs> telling you what <laughs> it is yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right okay cool we'll, we'll move swiftly all the guys were super supportive. I talked to John Fromm before leaving. I told him, man, I'm, I think I'm going to leave. And also, I saw your podcast, and that gave me another you know, motive for leaving. And yeah, I talked a bit, a bit with him and with some friends. And yeah, for me, it's done. And yeah, if you want, we can talk about something else. <laughs> That's fair enough. So how did you get, because you obviously put out that edit for um, 50-50, which I wanted to ask you about. See, 
see the clips at the start where you're doing all the cess slides, like the the hurricane cess slides over the massive long block. Is that in Germany? Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah cuz I, I recognized it from um it used to be in the old do you remember the clip videos by um, yes, Jochen Schmuder yeah. yes. and I'm pretty sure it's the same ledge that Mario Scale does a back just a really long back farve on in his new his most recent section. Uh yes. And Mupi. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mupi and um Matthias Auger did in clip 2 backside Christ talk. It wasn't clip two, or it wasn't on the on on the surface. I don't remember. But he did a Christ talk. I I remember that. Yeah, it's like a kind of. It was almost kind of facing forward. Yeah, and he's just sliding on one foot. Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember the one you mean. I did that trick on the skate park and and forum just on a marsh for him, you know, because Matthias Oga was has oh. been always a big legend for me. And, oof, that- same as. Uh, same as um, Andreas Wagenplatz and Daniel Brel. Yeah. All the guys. Oh, yeah. All those get like, um, yeah, Matthias Auger's section in clip two or clip three or whatever it was when he was in the um, Salomons was just yes. unbelievable. Yeah. Oh. And then he got on Rollerblade and it all just fell apart and he moved to Australia and kind of Australia. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> but he's, yeah, still, but he's went- still skating and still skating well. Yeah. He went to Stuttgart to the competition to the Real Street Stuttgart. I think it was 2017. Okay. And we went to the Litchi Ledge. I don't. I don't know if you know it. It's the famous um, ledge on the right side. It's a little bit like top side, where Matthias Oger does Hurricane Topsail in Clip Two. Th- it's kind of rough. Yes, that's, I, I think that's I know the one you mean. Litchi, like the fruit, you know, it's rough from the outside, but it's like super well. Yeah, has it not got a drop as well? Is yeah, it that I one? That's yeah. The, yeah, I know the one yeah. you mean. Yeah. So that's the best ledge in, in Stuttgart. And he was at the competition. He wasn't skating. Um, but we were there with uh, Richard Vasquez, you know him from Flama, from Venezuela. He's from Venezuela. Yeah. The guy who jumps higher yeah. than Yeah. He yeah. looks he looks older. Like he looks like he's in his like late thirties or early forties or something, but he has got some mental tricks uh, he is our like i don't know how to tell you it's crazy like seeing him he jumps like nipple high easily like he trains before i was he said like a waist no that's a waist i don't know the name but like 20 kilogram thingy here all oh, right so he puts like he puts he trains with like weights on his back so that yeah. when he's not got them on it feels easier exactly right. so richard vasquez jumps higher than everybody else he um is 36 i think has two kids and a wife okay yeah yeah i thought i thought he looked you can kind of see it in the face like he looks older but in flama oh my god what he yeah. oh, there was one transfer i think it was like alley top soul on a rail to then hop over to top soul on a ledge and i'm like who who transfers from alley top soul like that's not a that's not that's not the leg position to jump from one object to another. That's especially on street. It's far and high, both. Like yeah. well, section is amazing, right? Really. Putting Venezuela on the map. So he, he was he was just over in Barcelona to visit to film that, or was some of that filmed well, in Venezuela? No, he lives here. He was um, right. he was living in Sicilia because his wife is um, Italian, Sicilian. Right. And from Sicily, he also lived in Milano, I think. 
and then he moved to Barcelona a few years ago. Because he's he's one of the guys that rides for G Boots, right? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've seen I've seen some edits of him in the past. He he doesn't look like he's afraid of much. Like he gives wow. up he gives off the impression that you just take him to a spot and he's like, right, cool, we're doing it. And you're like, do you want to warm up? And he's like, no, we're 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 doing it. <laughs> no, he he's like that. Like if he comes to the skate park, he sees a little rail. Like first trick is three sixty so and for fifty royale for fifty back royale. Like all the spin tricks, like that. Like no warm up. Yeah, that's his warm up. One of those guys. Okay, yeah. cool. Um, so yeah, we got sidetracked. We we're talking about your fifty-fifty section. How did you yes. get hooked up with them? Because that's quite random for like a guy living in Spain to get hooked up from a brand in North Carolina, South Carolina, somewhere in the South in America. North Carolina. Um, it was pretty random, like you say, because I've been riding fifty-fifty frames for like um 11 years now or 12 years only 50 50 frames and when i saw that they came back i was so stoked i was like wow 50 50 came back that's my dream like i have still like three or four old generation 50 50s which i stocked up at home yeah like buying from different friends uh, friends and then i saw a post from 50-50, they said, like, um, tag us on a picture and we will send you free stickers. And I was like, wow, or on a trick. I think I, I posted a trick and tagged them. And then Lawrence wrote me and we got into a conversation. We talked a little. I showed him my box with the 10 different 50-50s. And he was, like, super stoked about my story that I only been riding 50 50 and and i couldn't use any other frames because i tried tried kartik i tried ground control fluids it's not my thing i don't know i don't like them i broke i broke all of them too okay um also 50 50s not the new ones but the old ones i've broken all of them with the core aluminium frame well, I mean, to be fair, some of those frames are going to be like 10, 20 years old by now. So like, well, 10, 10, 15 years old, maybe. So, you know, the plastic, the, the plastic's going to get no, out yeah. eventually. That's true. But you got a new one. Like if you, if you bought from Ignition, for example, if you bought 5050s and you did break the aluminum core, you got a new one for free. All right. Nice. And that's like the prime frame now that do the same. Yeah. If you buy the prime frame, if you break the, the core, you get a new one. That, I've always kind of wondered about that, how that would work on street, because obviously it's a metal frame, but it's cased in plastic. So it's like, mm -hmm. would it would it feel like skating a metal frame or would it just skate like, feel like skating a plastic frame with more support? Yeah, I'm kind of confused about like that. Like a hybrid. feels like a hybrid because right. it sounds like you have the metal inside, but you grind and it's like a normal frame. Okay. It's pretty good. Oh uh, yeah, and Lawrence and after talking, he just wanted to send me some frames over. And I told told him, yeah, sure, it would be great. Like, it would be a dream. And then he got me into the team. Yeah. So was that was that before or after you'd filmed an edit and shown him the edit and been like, this is it this was, is what I'm doing. I think he sent. I think I don't remember well. I think he sent me the frames and I did the edit. And then he did the page with the team and everything. 
I mean, that edit had some had some serious stuff in it, like the torque slide at the end. You know, it was it it was wait, was that the one? Yeah, that was the one with the front torque at the end. Is that right? Or the top sole to front torque? That's the one where like you session the kink rail at the end, isn't it? Uh, I think so, yeah. Don't remember. <laughs> you're like, you're like <laughs> I can't remember yeah. either. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it is that one. All right, okay. So so you've been riding how long have, how long have you been on 5050 then? That's gotta be a year almost, right? Or maybe longer? Long, I think 2018. All right. I think so, yeah. yeah. Okay, so well, more than uh, two years. Yeah. Nice. So like is does it go better with them like how is do you are you in touch with Lawrence much yeah. in terms of like feeding back on products or like in terms of him telling you what's coming out or everything yeah Lawrence is awesome Lawrence he, is great he, he gives off the impression of being like a guy that like really cares and yes you know is would give his riders attention really like he always asking like, you have enough stuff how are your wheels how are your frames you need something he would he would always send it over to um straight to me in one week super like it's super costly i think and yeah 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 because <laughs> those frames yeah. those frames aren't light yeah like that's, uh, that's, a, that's a heavy package okay yeah even got the backpack and stuff and he always takes good care of me he does video calls ask about um, feedbacks and yeah always super super good and super stoked with him and with 50 50 and with my teammates also with stefan and and jump from always talking we got becky and we got the hood panda scotty crawford uh yeah that is nice. yeah that is pretty cool um <laughs> yeah because when when you like announced that you were leaving razors i was like oh this isn't good because when when people who aren't pro or like skaters who are lesser known leave a brand it's then very tough to get onto another brand because you know not as many people know who you are you're not like as big a name and then there's that kind of thing where other brands might be like well we don't like sponsor him in case he quits us or in case he gets fed up with us but then you brought out flama or sorry mark and Teles brought out flama and i was like holy shit because that video was way but like I love the videos they make. I love like all the Ballas Paradida stuff. Like love all the stuff Mark does. Love like Tellers is filming, and I think that might be the best video they've brought out so far. Either that one or the, or the previous one, and you know it just seemed like everyone had amazing footage in it. And then to get the ender section in a video with such good skaters, that's like that's no joke. Like that's that that's a big deal like did you did you know you were going to get the final section mm. he didn't tell you no he so, just told me i got a surprise for you and i said okay that was before the premiere and we went to the premiere and i was waiting for my section waiting waiting and then oh no way that's mark moreno and there's no time left like wow i was super stoked no no i almost cried yeah <laughs> to be honest i almost cried i was like watching my section like with all the guys and well i mean um, it was it was it was worthy of being an intersection i mean pretty much it, like half the clips in it were transfers and they were not easy transfers like <laughs> yeah some of them were just ridiculous 
Thank you very much. Like transferring from what was there was one where you three sixty transferred something, and I was actually there was two. There was one where you three sixty. Three sixty. Yeah, there was one where you three sixty transferred up a coping ledge thing, like the up and along, and then there was one where you did it from like side to side, and I was like, that's just yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, I'll, I'll let you away with the the final one, the one where you did the the sole to top sole on the ledge because that that front foot came off straight away. Well, you you that, saw my face. That was that was freestyle fish brain. That looked terrifying. You see, you can see it in my face. Like I'm coming like this. Like, whoa! I almost died. Yeah. Yeah. When that front foot came off, I would I would have been in full panic mode. I would just have crumpled to the ground. I mean, I was scared of like because the rail and the the ledge were like this space. Yeah. So the foot, the skate can get in. And I told Dallas before trying my one of my last tries. I told Dallas, "Oh, Dallas, I'm scared because look, my foot, it can it can come in." And he was, "No, no, no, you're tripping, man. You're tripping. Just do it. Just do it." <laughs> I said, "Okay. I just yeah, okay. I believe Wait. you." It's, it's easy for it. you to say you're not the one that's going to end up in hospital. Yeah. 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 But Dallas has always this special kind of motivation for everybody. Right. And yeah, he knows where to push. <laughs> so, but it was yeah, pretty scary. Just, just styled out the freestyle fish brain on the transfer. Yeah. Man. Oof, like it's, it's one of those tricks that see if you just get to the bottom and you've not been injured, you're like, I'm taking it. That's, that's yes. good. Like I'm not, yes. I'm not going back up. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not perfecting it. That's not happening. I mean, I waxed it. I waxed the curb. I think that was it too. Right. Because I was scared of getting stuck, so I waxed it. Maybe that's why I got like to the back. Oh yeah, like in that situation, you would definitely rather slide out than stick and fly forward down a, a steep set of stairs. Yeah. It was um, the entrance of a cinema? There was so many old people waiting for for the entrance. And they were all watching me skating. <laughs> I was like, oh, damn. I don't want to die in front of all those old That's people. But say, yeah, giving, giving old people <laughs> heart attacks just yeah. all over the place. Nice. Then I landed it and I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm just leaving. And they were, no, no, really good, really good. And clapping. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um yeah yeah that section was was so good especially considering the other people who had parts in it that were really good like telus had a great little like mini section in it adria sa had the opener in it which yeah was one of one of his best sections that i think i've ever seen apart from his vod maybe um yeah it was just it was wild um i was curious about that video because i feel like that's the first video i've ever seen that shows all the different Barcelona crews. I feel like it's. I feel like up until then, it's always been like all the different crews doing their own thing. So you've got like Mark and Adria doing their thing with like Teles doing Balas Perdidas and like Cies de Bastos and all that kind of stuff. And then you've got like the Brazilian guys like Michelle Prado and Yuri Botello doing their thing, where they always seem to be like hanging out together, or what, like with Carlos Bernal. Then you've got like Mary Minos and her mates, like kind of. So it, is that what it's like in Barcelona? Is it just people just hanging out in their own little like cliques or? Yeah, we got many people, but we try to get together way more um, in the last since Corona. Right. Um, the guys started um, a club called Barcelona Rolling Organization, I think. And they do now weekly sessions where everybody gets together, 
weekly and monthly sessions. They do competitions. So that we're trying now to get more together. But yeah, there's a lot of crews because sometimes you just can't skate a session with 20 people. You know? Yes. Yeah. And Bar like Barcelona is a massive city. So I imagine there's different people living in different pockets of the city and you're not going to want to travel all the way from the mountains down to the beach to like every time you want to go skating you're probably going because there's stuff to skate everywhere so true and you still get fined and you get the fine from the police you know it's still um not permitted to skate in barcelona i, I didn't I've, i don't think i've ever had that anytime i've like the police have stopped us and said stop skating but i've we've never had a fine anytime we've been it, there yeah it's first warning but if they see that you're tourists they just don't care if you're from here if you live here and they like they notice you live here they can oh here this year 600 euros what streets get right can you not just start speaking to him in english and then when he tries to speak to you in catalan just say i, I sorry I, I don't understand <laughs> yeah i tried it a few times but i got the passport you got i got italian passport with spanish name of argentina inside like yeah super random. You know, just be like <laughs> when they say have you got identification you go no sorry no, no. nothing <laughs> <laughs> um but about the video um how we came together that was the whole point of the video right because like, so there wasn't any like there wasn't any like i don't know beef or rivalry or anything between the different crews they no, just no. they just didn't hang out that much yes right. exactly and the whole whole idea was um i think 2017 or something when teles came to barcelona because teles used to hang a lot with the Paras Perdidas. i used to hang a lot with the, um, carlos michel and so on yeah and he like i would say Teles is one of the big factors that got us together because he was always trying to hey, let's session together let's session together and then somehow the um after a few barbecues <laughs> we did at mark's house you know after sessions they got into um uh, into this project of doing the video and so where's 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 Teles from originally is, for, is he from southern spain or valencia Right. Okay. So yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I thought he must be down. Yeah, down near there somewhere. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. But yeah, and uh, we went before Flama. We went with Teles and all the Valencia guys and my flatmate Paco. We went to um, Prague. We did a ten-day Prague trip. That was before Flama. Right. That was the first time of me filming like with a pro pro filmer i would say with yeah, Dallas. He, he he knows he knows yeah. how to make skating look very good yeah he used to work for spanish television too here oh, like right, okay. so he's a real pro <laughs> even just yeah not just the long shots like the fisheye yeah. shots are very well done yeah and that's also where i got to know all the process of how to film the clips right everything because Teles is so pro and then also coming together with Mark and Teles, like all the process and how the trick from the beginning to to finish until you got the trick perfectly done. That that was something I didn't do before knowing them. You know, I just did the tricks and ah, okay, it's fine like that. But now yeah. I'm, I know you have to 
do it perfectly all the time. And if it's perfectly done, maybe it's not still not perfect. Yeah, because I feel like if, if there's no one to tell you to do that, you'll just go, all right, I've landed it. That's good enough. And if it's just your friend filming that doesn't really care or, you know, you're just holding a phone or a GoPro or whatever, they're like, yeah, I don't really care either. You landed it. Great. Whereas if you're like filming with someone and, you know, they're used to making videos, they're like, no, I can tell you this, this can look better. Like we can make this like look more appealing or you'll enjoy it more when you watch it back. Whereas your friend that's just holding a, a phone for you, they don't care. That's a friendly way to say it because Telus can be so mean. <laughs> Telus can be so mean. Like they get, you get the good cup and the bad cup with Telus and Mark. Mark would be like, oh, maybe if you try it again and da da da, you can do it. And Telus, come on, you prick, you can do it. <laughs> Look at this. You fucking suck now. You can do it. Do it again. <laughs> Some, yeah. Sometimes you need the tough love. Sometimes you need someone to tell you that, you know, your landing was shitty and you need to clean it up. True. Um, that, that's pretty funny. Uh, so the only people I noticed that weren't in the video were like two of Barcelona's like most famous like non-Spanish people living there. There was no Nick Lomax or Danny Aldridge in there. Do any of you guys like ever skate with them, or do they just do their own thing? Because it seems like whenever I, whenever I see like Nick putting out footage or doing any of his videos on YouTube and stuff like that. He seems to just hang about with the same two or three guys. It's hard because he's always skating. Yeah. Like he's always somewhere. Um, but we see, we, we see him at the sessions now more often. Right. And I always see him. Like you can always meet Nick somewhere in Barcelona rolling around. And he's, he's yeah, always cool. He's just, he's just never not stuff. skating. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, we didn't get into many sessions yet. All right. Okay. Like sessions, but I would like to, yeah. yeah. But like I said, it's hard because everybody's got their own pro projects going, like uh, filming for this, filming for that, doing this and that. Like, it's hard. Yeah. Like you know, sometimes, like I skate, I like skating with Maddie, but sometimes we don't skate for one month together, something like that, because she's so busy too. I was about to say, adult life, everyone's got jobs and other responsibilities. Yeah. So yeah, a month isn't that yeah isn't that long. I can go a yeah. few months without yeah skating with close friends. Yeah, I mean, we, I skate like four or five times a week. That, yeah, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm always skating. If I go to the supermarket, I take the skates to the supermarket. I don't, right, okay. I don't like walking. Mm. It's too slow. It takes too long. Uh, yeah, for sure, yeah. Plus, it's, it's different. Like, when you're in Barcelona, like, I, f I feel like you can't really adopt that pro approach in like most other cities like in scotland in glasgow the rock the roads and the streets are so unbelievably bad that even cycling on them sometimes you're like this is horrible so even if you've got like 110 millimeter wheels it, it just feels awful and you're like just constantly dodging cracks and holes in the ground whereas in barcelona you guys are spoiled like you guys have got really really good terrain really good roads and pavements occasionally they're like a little bit bumpy from the tiles that's about it and then you've got skate spots everywhere like no no other city can you just go around every other corner and see something that you could skate it might not be perfect but like there'll be something weird that you can skate that's um i think it's the reason most of the people 
come to Barcelona and also um, move to Barcelona because I know many people who move to Barcelona only for skating. Yeah. Well, even if you get lost, you find stuff like, even if you're like, oh, we're going to go and try and find this rail or this ledge. Even if you don't find it, you're going to find something else on the way. Always. That doesn't happen in most other cities. You could you could wander no. about for hours and not and not find anything. That's true. Like I mean, I liked Stuttgart because of that. Because Stuttgart is one of the uh, one of the cities in Germany one where you can like get out of the um, main station, and then you have like twenty spots you can go with the skates, you know, like by skates. And that's one of the only cities where you can do that. So it was all, always a bit similar to Barcelona because of because it's hilly, you know. You you live in a valley, like you get yeah. you're surrounded by mountains. Stuttgart is uh, inside, so um, yeah, we got also a lot of spots in Stuttgart, and I needed a city where I have a lot of spots, and Barcelona was the only one. I was about to say, so you just you moved there purely just to skate. You're like, yep, that's that's better for rollerblading. I'm going there. Yeah, I had an internship on, at the company. Like, I I could do an internship at any company in the world, and I did one. I did search one here in Barcelona. It was right. an internship paid from the university. I got paid from the company and from the university for like almost two years. What was what was that doing? Um, I was a commercial salesman exploitation at a company that produces ballet bars ballet bars you know the bars for ballet dancing oh right against the walls for like like the yeah. the dancers to hold on to got you yes, exactly. no way yeah. like what are they called like play bars or something <laughs> no it's wood wooden bars and um uh, like a metal base that is also, yeah more wild you know who got me in a uh, blader uh, marvin Felipe from Barcelona. He's a Chilean guy. He lives here, right. and he said, "Hey, we we said we're searching for somebody here. If you want, that's, <laughs> that's a very very unique thing to sell. Like, yeah. like how many people do you run into that sell like, like <laughs> ballet studio equipment? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And yeah, that's also my flatmate. Now he's also working at the company. Like. We were three bladers at the time. We're right. a company with seven people, a total of seven people. <laughs> three bladers. We were always talking about blading. It was so so fun. I'm guessing you don't work there anymore. No, no, not anymore. Right. I'm, uh, I would say, content moderator right now for a company that oh, works. Sorry, for sorry, a what? A quantum a con- moderator? Con- no, content. Content moderator. Got you. Moderator. So, and our client is TikTok. So I watch TikTok videos the whole day. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I, I, <laughs> I don't know how much, how good that sounds. It's okay. It's okay. Like, I, don't have, I, I don't use TikTok, but I occasionally see it on I, like Facebook and Instagram and it looks, it looks painful. Yeah. Yeah. Like 800 videos a day, but you can handle it. So, <laughs> so what do you do for them? What what do you mean you watch the videos? You must have to do something other than just just tag them. Yeah, no, I'm like the, um, how do I say, I'm the TikTok police. Like if you show too much, too much boobs, too much ass, I'm going to tag them and put it down from the platform. 
or if you like if you see a suicide or something like that you should like oh yeah, yeah. God. i never oh, even also thought about that stuff. okay also hardcore stuff yeah yeah oh thank you mutilated human and um blah blah yeah oh yeah but we just, i'm the second filter so i don't see much shit. but that, yeah that sounds like See, I, I thought if it was just like too much nudity or whatever, you'd be like, all right, cool. Like you've shown, you know, too much boob. We're going to have to delete that. But then seeing people hurt themselves, I would not want to see like that. That would give me nightmares. I couldn't handle that. Yeah, you have to be like, your mind has to be pretty strong for this job for sure. Yeah. How long have you worked there? Um, One year and four months now. Do you not just sometimes come home from work and be like, Oof, that was a bit much. That was that was intense. No, yeah, sometimes no? but a special video. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it can happen, but I work at home. I do a home office. Right. So I'm super chill here at home, like from eight AM to four PM. And then I go skating. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think yeah, I guess if you do it so much, you just kind of switch off and become a little bit like numb to it so it doesn't have the same effect. But yeah, I wouldn't like seeing like dead bodies and stuff like that. That would creep me out. Yeah, that sucks, but I mean, you get used to it too. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, so back to, right. So when Flama finished, how long did you guys work in that video? Because it looked like, it looked like they got a lot of footage and then just trimmed it down to like the very best stuff. Yeah. And before I answer that, I just want to turn the light off. Uh, on. Go for it. Thanks. And I'm going to grab a beer too. Thanks. <laughs> Hola. Right, we're quickly. We're, oh, it's one one. It's one one between England and Denmark. I don't watch football that much, but like the Euros, it's just quite exciting because it's like international football. So yeah. Oh, and almost international. Okay, like set, like you know, a, there, there's like teams from different company companies countries. So it's like kinda international. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I say it because yesterday Argentina won in the semifinals against Colombia for the, that the uh, Copa, Copa America. That's the one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. But, yeah. And we watched Spain against you know that we watched Spain <laughs> against Italy yesterday. And, yeah. I watched that last night. I was devastated because Spain Spain deserved <laughs> to win. Like they they got really unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, so yeah, how many years did you guys work on Flama? Mm -hmm. With Corona in between, mm, almost two years, I think. Right, and then yeah. you came off the back of that. You got a pair of God skates, and then how long did you spend working on that section? On the BB section, yeah. I mean, five months or something. Okay, yeah, five months. Did the thing was, I the Flama section. I was after Adri. I was this, so I was the second one to finish the profile. Right. So when I finished my profile, um, was right after Corona. I finished the profile after the lockdown. I mean, you know, like six or seven months after that, the video came out. Right. And I had time to film something else. That that was the the reason, because I needed to to keep filming like um, for Paco's last trick or from Richie's last trick and da da da. Yeah. So all in all, it took two years when it 
could have come out like in one and a half years. Yeah, we lost six months. It's not too bad. Um, no. Yeah, in the section afterwards, I love the I love the Royale set slide to Royale to Alley Tops all down the rail. That was. Thank you know you. that that spot has been skated a lot so to be able to go there and do something new on it like i don't think i've ever seen anyone set slide onto it before i asked <laughs> like, I, I was, has anyone yeah. has anyone done this can i can yeah. i take this is this can this be this be mine yeah right I mean, cool. that's, that's a good thing with you with carlos and Mitchell. so did somebody do that like, no do it sweet and then i did the royale to royale and I almost landed it super fast. And Carlos was like, you should do it like with a combo. Like don't do it just Royale to Royale. Well, yeah, that's if, you, if, if you've got that easy, then, you know, it's one of those things that if you do something really quickly, you're like, well, I've got to try and make it harder somehow. Sure. Cause I'll, yeah. Otherwise you're not challenging yourself. Yeah. I didn't fall. Something, nothing happened. I didn't fall. What happened? Nice. I try something I else. The only annoying yeah. thing is you've now put out all this footage, but now you've got a new sponsor and like all, all this footage is on other skates. Yeah. Cause you've, you've got a section coming out in this full length video and I assume it's going to be on razors, right? Yes. Right. Yes. All footage. So, but now you're getting hooked up by icon. Yeah. So I really, it's it was timing because of timing like yeah. also the section i filmed like i don't know before i even got the guards it was done you know that so is, eight, is, eight months ago yeah that is the annoying thing when you work on these projects because you know like say one or two people can have all their footage and they're like right i'm happy i've got my enders i've got all the stuff i want i don't want anything like changed and then all the other people are like, "Well, we're not even we're not even close to finished." <laughs> and you just sit there and just wait. Yeah, it's like, a thing with a big project. Yeah, yeah, which can be really frustrating for the the people that have finished their parts because they're just like, "Cool, what I, what do I do now?" Yeah, maybe next time they, I start filming where they end, <laughs> like when yeah. they finish, as I start filming or something. <laughs> yeah, just keep checking with the other guys. How you doing? They're like. Oh, I only need like five more clips and you're like, cool, I'll start now. This is just the time to go, right? <laughs> no, the, the organization for the next video for sure, yeah. So is that, is that your way of saying you're like really productive? Like if you go out on a street skating session for like, I don't know, a Saturday or a Sunday or whatever, can you get like a lot of clips in, in a single day? Depends on if I want to go filming, yeah, for sure. Yeah, like as in if you go out with a filmer and they're like, right, ah. so we're filming for this project, you know, are, are, you, are no, you that thing, type of skater? The thing is, normally it's not a film, it's some friend. It's either Michel or Carlos or Jonah because um, projects like Profiles, we help each other filming yeah. like the skaters. But if it's like with Flama, for example, Flama was everything, like all my tricks, excluding one, were spontaneous. Like um, we met up at a, at a spot, we drove with Mark and Teles to a different um, village or some um, around Barcelona or something um, to search spots, search for spots. And then we got 
into filming in the in that area we went to. Right. So almost all of the clips were spontaneous. But I like to make this um, like Eugen Enin. See, I, I like a list. I, yeah, yeah, I like a list of. Well, he likes a list of tricks. I like yes. a list of spots, and then I'm like, right, let's try and cross off all the spots. And it's like you can't skate that spot because we've got we've got a clip of someone else in that spot. We're we're finding another spot for you. Yeah. So I got in, inspired by Eugen to do the list thing. Right. And I have my trick list, and then when that was the reason Flama went so well because I did have my trick list. And so, yeah, we went to the spots and just did the tricks. What was it? I like cool. to do that. Like, uh, tomorrow I want to go to that spot, to this and this. Pretty organized. Okay. Yeah. It has Plus to be it, organized. Yeah, it means, you know, when the section's finished, it, you, it's got a more, it's more rounded or more, like, there's not as much chance as having, like, repeated tricks or having everything kind of look the same because you've actually thought about it and decided, oh, yeah. this is what I want to get and... Yeah, or you're like, oh, this is missing. I need to go and try and find a spot to do this on, or I want to get this trick, or yeah. Sure. Um, so how did you get hooked up with Icon? Because that the team's quite strange. I feel like I feel like Montre has brought together a team of people that just didn't get a proper chance on other brands. Like you've got Chad, who has had a pretty rough ride with like other brands you know it didn't work out with roses didn't work out with them then um oh god i totally forgot what the girl's called uh mina that's the one mina she was kind of like on and off she was kind of on usd kind of not really and you know it, for someone that's you know making a name for herself and going to bladen cup and doing well at bladen cup and you know putting out online clips it just kind of felt like it wasn't really going to happen with usd and now she's like on a on a small you know new team that seems promising so how did it how did it all come together um well first of all i bought the, the gods after quitting races i bought the gods because I wanted to support the homie and I went to the to the skate shop and I, I tried on the left side the Carlos Bernal, on the right side Micha Prado. I was like, oh, okay, Micha Prado fits a little bit better. So I bought that one. Right. And then I've been skating with it, like three or four clips. I've, um, I've been putting to the Instagram four, three or four clips. After that, I got a message by um, Tim Franken. Tim okay. Franken, um, and he asked me if I wanted to to be in the God's team, but he didn't say um, pro team. He just said, "And um, we're gonna send you. If we can send you some skates over, and then we we see." And I was like, "Yo, Tim, uh, thank you for your offer. Um, like, I'm coming. I talked." with him about my situation. I was just quitting racers and blah, blah, blah. And I told him, yeah, if you can make me an offer, a real offer, um, I can think about it and let me know. Like, and he was like, all right, cool. Yeah, let's, let's talk. And the first day we wanted to, to talk, we didn't sound, I would think I was, by that time I didn't have time or something. Well, we didn't talk after that for a while. Then we talked once, uh, one month after that, and 
He said, we have to talk. We didn't talk. <laughs> this, this sounds familiar. This sounds like yeah. you, you and me try to do this podcast, but okay. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I suck at answering. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but sorry, Tim, for sure. And thank you very much. Um, but yeah, one week after that, Montre sent me a pretty long message on Instagram if I wanted to be part of the of his skate team he's doing it with icon and like he he told me about everything and that he wanted me for the pro team and i was right. like well like was i don't know like receiving this message from montreal with one of the best players in the world i mean yeah wow i couldn't believe it really it is like it's it's, it's a big compliment to get yeah from for someone like him who has you know won so many major competitions had loads of skates to his name all those amazing sections and if he thinks you're good enough to be in a pro team that's that's a pretty big deal yeah yeah so i didn't even think about it i just said montre yes count me in 200 percent i'm with you and that's it i'm with montre and montre's taking care of all of us always we do the team meetings and he always takes care that we got what we want and that we have a voice and that Montre is the best. So there's like there's regular communication with the whole team. Like they all yeah. I don't know, you guys do like what group chats or group calls or whatever? Yeah, Zoom meetings. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Can Mina speak English? No, uh, <laughs> Mina the la- the last time she had uh, Johnny. Johnny Hoon. Johnny, you're right. Because one of my, uh, I, I lived in Korea for a while, and one of my friends like knows Mina, and I wanted to get an interview with her, and I was like, you know, hook this up, and he went, yeah, man, like she can't, she can't speak English, like she can barely speak any English, like you're not going to be able to interview her, yeah. Yeah, luckily she had um, the last meeting. She had Johnny. Right. Now it's working better, yeah. Um, and I'm helping Caterina because Caterina is from Chile. Also, okay. we will talk sometimes. We talk in private when she doesn't understand things. Like we help each other. Like the, the team is great. Like Chad yeah. and Brian, great dream, a great team with like a family. Brian, Brian Freeman. Oh, I totally forgot the Brian three. was on it as well. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. Three. I saw. Yeah, I saw the announcement where he's like appears in it, but then I saw that he's still skating um, flying eagle skates or whatever they're called. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah just totally forgot about that um so you've have you got the skates now no not yet not yet just the, just what is it frames and wheels so far yes i got the um, the 80 millimeter frame decode frame 80 millimeter so what was in that massive box that you got and i had the frames wheels and stuff yeah um <laughs> That was a big box. That was a big box for just frames and was, wheels. It was like filled and like this. Yeah. I also thought, oh, it's the skates, and then ah, oh, it's not the skates. Okay. <laughs> right. So, so the box wasn't just filled with frames and wheels. No, 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 no. <laughs> right. Okay. That's a strangely big box to put for just. Okay. Yeah. It was, yeah. <laughs> It'd be like anti-climax. You open it up, going, oh. Oh, yeah, right, okay. uh, but it's still cool. It was cool. a lot because I don't really, I'm not the free skater. Yeah. You know, the last time I've been on power blades or power blade frames, it was five years ago. 
but now you've got now you've got your setup for doing your your commuting and going to the shops and yeah doing all that stuff i did some side slides with the frames and put some clips up easy plus aggressive skaters are really good at putting out quick power blading edits because a lot of it incorporates aggressive skating and you know if you can do grinds you can do slides and you know it so i've been doing them with the small wheels like some friends i have here like we have many people who do wizard and free skate in barcelona like a lot of people I mean, and some friends like i have rui rui from barcelona who lives here he does um skate lessons too like right. skate courses and he it was showing me how to fakey Royal says slide, power slides to fakey and stuff. And I was on, he was on the big wheels and I was on the small wheels. And I did handle, yeah. Right. Like I, I did the fast slide and stuff, you know, fast slide with power slide, fast slide with small wheels. Yeah. Yeah. Now I wanna, I wanna try the big wheels now. Yeah, if you can do it on small wheels. Big wheels kind of gives you like more, it's got more forgiveness about it. Like you don't slide out as fast. Like you can, I feel like you can control it a little bit easier. Yeah, it's going to be fun for sure. I was right. today skated just to the beach and back and it was super fun. So have you found out when you're going to get the skates? Because are you still, are you still riding on, riding on those gods just now? Yeah, it should be this month. Yeah. I don't know when exactly, but it should be this month or something. Yeah. Okay. And what's what's the deal with Icon? Like have, have they like told you or has Montre told you like what they expect in return or what you'll get or like is there any like conditions or did you sign a contract or like how does yeah. it all work? Well, I, I've signed my first contract as a professional skater and then skater. Right. And last week, yeah, we got a contract. Um yeah. It's a contract. <laughs> I mean, you've got to tell me more than that. Like, what, what do they what do they expect from you? Like, they must they must have like things they want you to do. Like basically, basically what I'm doing now, or what was what I was doing with racers with all my clips and tags and hashtags and all that stuff. I have to do it with icon. Like, tag the friends, tag the products, do the videos. Like now it's organized. Like I have to do such and such amount of videos per month if I want to get paid. Right. So, so yeah, videos, photos. It's basically what I, what I'm doing right now, but getting paid for it. I'd and was say. there any was there any mention of like how many sections you have to like put out a year or like any kind of minimums and stuff like that? Yeah, there was something. I think, I think it was one one big section one small section or something like that and two photos and the stories i don't want to get too much into detail detail yeah. but something like that, yeah that seems quite reasonable though like one you know one relatively big project in a year and then like a smaller thing that's for for someone like you that can stack like i see how regularly you put up stuff on social media that shouldn't be that hard for you no i mean i want to i want to work a lot so i want to do working at once, you know, and having said, all yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. And you said getting paid. So does that mean as in, do you get like a monthly like salary or is it like, all, or is it all just based on, you know, like royalties or whatever? No. Or like commission. Also, there's also, there will be also commission affiliate program. 
because I saw that some of the skaters are putting up the like use my link and buy stuff yeah. from the shop and then they get money. But I was just wondering if that's the only payment they get or if they get no. anything on top of that. Yeah, yeah, there's stuff on top of that for being productive skating wise. Right. And media wise. Okay, that's pretty cool. And contests. Doing well at a contest, doing podium at a contest. All different that's things. quite all right that's quite a kind of old like lots of brands don't even do that anymore like it before you used to get like something if you know if you like place like top three or whatever at a major contest or whatever and then brands just kind of stopped giving incentives for that that's the thing that's why Montreal is the coolest guy ever because he he does fight for us that's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So, has there ever has there been any talk of like anyone on the team getting like a pro skate further down the line, or that even being a possibility, or like has has there been it? I mean, you don't have to give me details, but you know, just as in, is that something that's possible for members of the team in the future? I don't give details, but it's a good question and. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good question that I don't know if I'm allowed to answer without getting into trouble. <laughs> Wait, I got a message from Ultra. No. <laughs> the, the, the fact that you're the fact that you're not answering it is suggesting that there is a possibility for that to happen in the future. I just can tell you that Icon's taking very good care of us, and they okay. value our skating and our personality and our characters. All right, cool. I'll 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 let you away with that. I won't I won't interrogate you too much further. Hey, it's hard on. for me too. It's not my mother tongue, so you know. That's that's lies. Your English is perfect, so don't, no. we're, we're, you're not allowed to fall back on the English as a second language uh, excuse. Um, third, third. That's my God. That is that is impressive. Fair enough. Um, so what's Obviously, the section from TNT is coming out, the premiere for that soon. Are you, have you got anything else that you're working on or are you waiting on the skates before you decide to like start kind of, you know, going for something new? Or are you like compiling a list for your like, when I, when the skates arrive, this is happening? Well, I got my list for sure for the skates. Yeah. I'm doing my list and um, I'm going to start a project for 50-50. Okay which I cannot tell a lot, but I can tell that's a project for 50-50. Yeah, you heard it here first. Uh, Sasha Miguel Lopez is getting a pro frame from 50-50 frames, and he just doesn't <laughs> want to take <laughs> No, no, no. <laughs> no, no. Not quite, no. <laughs> but it's a, a pretty pretty good one, and then super stoked with it. And yeah, have to stop filming. It should come out. Mm, I'd say after summer. Yeah, yeah, after summer. So Icon, do Icon do an aggressive frame? They don't, do they? Or is it just free skate frames? Not that I know. Not right. I don't know really. No. So there's I know not that any like, conflict between them? Like, no. Right, cool. It was stated on the contract that I got 50-50 and TNT clothing I can use, and there's no problem with it. All right, that's pretty cool. Um. I've also noticed a pattern in your sections. You've had an MF Doom track on at least two of your video sections. Is that your choice or is that like the editor's choice? Um, I have my friend René from Stuttgart. Right. He's basically my 
rap music inspiration and uh always before i, I drop something i ask him hey Rene, i need a song do you know something and he always give me the the good tracks the good artists and yeah i got into mf doom because of Rene. and yeah he's the reason for sure. right. but daniel prell daniel prell used an mf doom track didn't he for like that grindhouse thing and then you had a what was it a yeah and yeah. you had a like Cesar face one, which is you know basically like MF Doom affiliate, yeah, like project. I just noticed like two years ago, I think I heard him the first time, okay, two years ago, yeah, pretty dope. So I like it's it's like the it's like the rap geeks like thing like it's it's like if, you don't, friend, yeah. if you don't like my mainstream friend, yeah. rap you'll you'll like that kind of rap because it's yeah oh it's, yeah it's, it's, oh it's i fucking just... hate mainstream and trap and all that shit well fuck <laughs> i fucking hate it there was there was some trap music in flama yeah there were some like but, trap trap beats yeah but yeah but i don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not saying anything in case tellers watches this and murders yep. me <laughs> <laughs> Mark all good, nothing. All good. <laughs> Marco, like Mark Moreno, couldn't have chose any of the music in that video because none of it was rock. Oh, poor guy. He had to. He had to edit with something he never had used before. You know. That's what I mean. Because all the other tracks, yeah. I thought it was mainly like Tellez's project, and Mark just helped out with like the filming because it seemed like it was like all the kind of stuff that Tellez was into, like with the like. Like you know the kind of like the red and all that kind of like editing technique, and then the music. I was like, this is not Mark's music. Like <laughs> totally, like, yeah, Says like, like, de Bastos is like entirely instrumental rock music. I was like, that's Mark. <laughs> totally, yeah, right. Yeah, he got a, he got a rough time doing it, but <laughs> 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 it was funny to see him. Like, oh yeah, it's the fifteenth time I sent you this. I I, I modify your section. Check it out now. Fifteenth time, I was like, "Wow, dude!" Fifteenth time. <laughs> I think the last time was last number was seventeen, like seventeen times. Yeah. And he sent me a section like three times. The first track was a reggae track. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> I not, didn't know how to tell him. I'm, not, I'm not a reggae fan. I've, I'm, I'm a reggae fan. No, I find it really repetitive and like too samey. I can't. I can't handle it. I like reggae. I also listen to reggae while it's skating, but yeah, um, Teles was the one who told Mark, no. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's try something else. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. That's fair enough. Uh, so other than video projects, are you like, have you got anything else going on this year? Obviously coronavirus is making it a lot harder to like travel about and stuff like that, but have you got any plans? Or are you hoping to go anywhere? Well, I want to get the vaccine um, as soon. Is that, is that being offered to people in Barcelona yet? Is like yes. anyone got? Right now for my year, for 92, they started it like a few days ago. So right. I just signed in the system and I will get um, an SMS or something when I can go. Okay. But yeah, right now they're, they're doing the, the young ones. And yeah, projects. I want to go to Germany My, because I haven't been there for like one and a half years or something. 
I want to go to Germany to um, to Stuttgart to film something. Yeah. Do, do any of your do any of your family still live in Germany, or is your so your when you move your mum's still there? My mom, my brother, my right. sister, my dad, my whole family is there. Okay, basically. my whole family. So why why did they decide to move to Germany from? What did did you say it was uh, Argentina? Yeah, Argentina, Buenos Aires. Right. And um, my uncle was living in in Germany. And when my brother my brother came home, um, I think it was the yeah it was the second time he came home um, in boxer shorts because uh, some dude um, pointed a gun at him and said give give me everything. Okay. And the second time it happened, my my mom said, "I, I don't want to live here anymore. We want to. We should go." How like, how old was your brother when this this happened to him? My, my brother, eighteen. That's... He, got, he got robbed like three times with gun pointed on his head. Okay. And my mom said, "No, I don't want. I don't want to do this anymore. Let's go somewhere else." And my uncle was living in Germany by the time. And he um, got my dad and my brother a job. They found a flat, and we moved to Germany. Is that like a common thing in Buenos Aires, or is that just like did you happen to live in like a kind of rough neighborhood, or or is that? No, it's com- it's pretty common. My neighborhood was it's pretty rough. Yeah, pretty rough. Right now, it's fucked up. That's but, yeah, that sounds. But, but yeah, Buenos Aires, it's um, we got a big, big problem of um, crime. Okay. And yeah, in the year two thousand, there was also when the economy broke down in Argentina. Got the inflation, and so many, many people moved to Europe, Spain. So yeah, a lot of people moved to Spain, moved to Germany. So how how old were you when your whole family moved? I was seven by the time. Because that's pr- so like in primary school, yeah. And then you, so you have to learn German, and then you also decided to learn English. That's like you could you could work in international relations. That's that's like, <laughs> that's like, <laughs> like there's there's not many people out there like like fluent in three languages. Yeah, I was lucky to. To grow up in Germany, because in Germany the school system they have a pretty high level in English. Yeah, and that's a good thing about Germany because in Spain they don't have a. All all my friends say, "Dude, I'm so envy that you grew up in Germany because in Spain, this the English school sucks. Like the teachers suck. You can't really learn anything." But I'm really thankful that I I grew up in Germany because of that. Yeah. Really? That, that is pretty cool. So, like, was was it like a positive experience growing up in Germany, or did you guys like get any kind of I don't know discrimination or whatever for being you know from a different country and growing up there, or was that? There's always discrimination and racism. Racism, right. always. Like, it wasn't hard because the Germans are super polite, super friendly, and we didn't have any problems with intake. I would say integrity. Integration. integration yeah integration yeah it was pretty fast i learned german in three months i was speaking german wow i suppose like when you're really young it's yeah. you're, you're gonna pick it up easier because yeah, yeah. You, you don't really understand your your like native language that well so it's 
you know, yeah, it was hard for my sister being 12 and my brother being 18. Yeah. Yeah. Because you already know like the rules of your language by that point yeah. and you're so familiar with it that yeah, anything different would be hard. Uh, plus I guess, you know, if you're moving from a place where your brother's getting threatened with a gun, someone just saying something negative to you in the street or in class or at work or whatever, you're going to be like, cool. I don't care. <laughs> Exactly. You can you can say you son of a bitch, and I say for me it's like good morning. It's nothing. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know? as, long, as long as I'm not in fear of my life, yeah, that's that's. Yeah. I'll take that. That's fine. Thank yeah. you. That's the thing. But yeah, discrimination. I've been discriminated a few times, but mostly from the police, from the German police. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I fucking had the, the German police. Why would it? Would what did they like assume was happening? Yeah, if the police like. For example, he sees a group, the police sees a group of like young people. If they're all blonde with blue eyes, they won't even look at them. But if they're like, like I am, or if they're dark skin or Latin American, they go straight to them. Right. Always straight to them. Black guy, straight to the black guy. Always. It's like super obvious what they're doing. And yeah. Like, yeah. Like racial profiling. Yes, profiling. That's the word. Exactly. Yeah. I, I hate it. Hate it in Germany. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. You just yeah. As a white know. white person, you don't think of these things until yeah. It's the only the only time I ever like felt even remotely like that was when I lived yeah in Asia. And you're like, wow, people are staring at me for like just you're just walking down the street and you're like, a lot of people are staring just and and it's not like subtle. Like you look at them and you catch their eye and they just keep staring and you're like, okay, cool. Feel like I'm you know on display. That's the thing. Um, now, worst, worst thing was um, when I was walking with a friend in front of a shop or something a shop. I don't know. I don't remember. But there was a, a an old guy listening to our conversation. We were talking Spanish. I was like nine or ten years old. My friend was like twelve from Peru. We were talking blah 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 blah. blah. It's okay. And then the other guy, hey, what? Was, Stop speaking that shitty language. We in Germany have to talk German. We're like, what? <laughs> what? Uh, we ran to my mother's place. <laughs> told it my mother and she went straight to that guy and i don't know how she didn't kill him but well also what, what, yeah what kind of shitty adult yeah. man threatens kids kids yeah it was yeah, that, that's it fucked was, up was worst, yeah. <sighs> okay but other than that it was just the police the people are super nice love the germans right um so the, police, love the germans <laughs> Like I'm, I'm assuming it was much easier to acclimatize being in Barcelona because you know obviously loads of people are speaking. Well, it's like some I assume some people are speaking Spanish, some people are speaking Catalan. Like, does that not make it quite confusing because it's like like slightly different? Yeah, it's different, but um, we don't. All the Catalan people we know, like there's only three or four. Like oh, Mark, right. okay. Mark, Carlos. Um, Adri is half Catalan. Um, who else? Ah, sorry if I forget somebody. But they all talk Spanish, and they right. prefer to speak Spanish. Ah, and I, I just I thought there would have been like you know a bigger yeah, just it was more common or something. Yeah, I don't know why. But the streets and the signs, everything is in Catalan. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. But the people, the 
they don't like they talk all Spanish. All they right. would like to talk Catalan the whole day for sure. Like if you talk Catalan, if you're foreigner, the Catalan would be like, oh, that's cool. Thanks. <laughs> so talking Catalan. Yeah. Right. Okay. Ah, nice. Um, I don't think I've got anything else to ask you unless you've got anything else that you were thinking of that you wanted to talk about. I have interrogated you for let's see, an, let's almost see. an hour and a half. So if I've if I've missed anything out or get anything that you you want covered, you you need yeah. to tell me now. Maybe maybe when I was kicked out of Krantos. Okay. Yeah, I was I was kicked do, out. Do many people still ride for Grindhouse? Like the only person I know, the only people I know that are on the team are Yozenk and oh god, who's the Danish guy? Um, Daniel. Oh, oh uh, used to ride for Rams. Now he's on Trigger. Ah, it's, no. What is his name? Oh god, I feel really bad. Oh, he was on USD for like five minutes. Um, that is really good. Oh, nope. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look this up because it's really gonna bother me. Because I can't. Look it up. Uh, trigger escape. Jonas Hansen made sections with him. Why do I not remember his name? Now he wears a helmet all the time. That's what I was going to ask you. I noticed in your in your Vive section, you were you wore a helmet in a couple of clips. Why was there? Did something happen, or like was there a particular reason why, or have you just started wearing a helmet now? Or yeah, maybe you've seen um, Carlos also does it. Carlos Bernan. Okay, I mean, of course he does because look yeah. at the stuff he's doing. It's terrifying. Yeah, yeah for sure. But. Um... You remember um, that? Um, let's see. First of all, because of Mitchell too. Mitchell was a helmet after his uh, operation and his accident. Yeah. And also because of Gilbert. May he rest oh, in peace. Oh right, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I've seen I've seen the trick. I've seen the footage, and I wish I hadn't seen it. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, wish I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't. That's not the kind of thing I'd ever want to see. No, yeah. no, no, you don't want to see. No, it was well. Fuck. Um, I'm not going to remember that skater's name. Jonas Hansen's made a bunch of sections of him. What the hell is he called? No, it's gone. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so what happened to Grindhouse? I was on Grindhouse from 15 to 18, I think, three years. I was on tour, I even was on um, Barcelona too, 2009, and then 2011, I was on another tour. Um, and it, I think it was 2012, 2012, 2013, I was living in Munich. And I was skating, but I was also playing football at a club with the Argentinian guys. So um, I got hurt twice like on my ankle I, I had torn my ligaments on my ankle it was once and then a few months after that it happened again and then skating i hit my knee on a rail against the rail and i got hurt like three times in a row 
Right. And so then like I consistent, like, like just regularly being off skates and consistently yeah. injured. Right. And that's when I got an email from Grantos that I'm not doing anything. If I wanted some products and then I should do stuff and what's happening. And I told him, yep, what was happening that I was injured, blah, blah. It's winter time right now. It's impossible to even get clips snowing outside, like impossible. And yeah, he just kicked me out of the team. He said, no, and we just need productive guys and you're not being productive. I was 18. Yeah, I was 18. Then. Okay. You're not being productive and you, um, we need a team. We need to keep the team um, smaller because um, we're not, it was by the time we're blading, you know, on the downfall. Yeah. And Grantos started by um, selling scooters and free skates and everything. I I heard a rumor that Grindhouse is like an under company or like a bigger, a smaller section of like a skateboard shop or a skateboard shop like owns Grindhouse or something. I I don't I don't know if the I never actually like looked into it or found out if it was true or anything. Yep. Never heard about that. I know to I know Torsten, he's the chef, the boss, and I know him and from what from what I know, he started it. Right. So I don't it, know. If I mean it's just, it's, it's just one of those things you hear at like skate events and someone will just say it in passing and you're like, all right, and then you just don't really think any more about it. Yeah. Blading rumors. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. It's one of those things you're like, hmm, how serious do I take that? Yeah. But yeah, he wanted to kick me out. And then I was pretty, pretty good with Daniel Prell and Yosank, all the guys, Mike Lojewski, Alex Rudolph, Tim Kitlitz. We went on tours together, so we were super cool together. And they just stood up against the boss for me and my name and told him, if you're just going to kick him out, we're all going to leave from Grantos. Yeah. All of the guys. And your saying was pretty much the the strong voice like who made this happen you know okay he was talking to Torsten, talking to Torsten, calling me calling Torsten, calling me like your saying is well super amazing i've been skating with your saying since i'm 14 you know he, he used to live in a city just one hour car drive away nice. so your saying took good care of me and stood up and he managed to um <laughs> they managed to get Torsten to write me another email telling me that he's sorry that he shouldn't have told uh, tell me to leave and blah 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 like a super long email that I never answered never I got the email okay I, I read it I sent it to your sink I said thank you very much thank you all you guys you stood up for me um like you're the best, but I cannot say yes to this apology because I feel disrespected and I just want to leave. Yeah, it's one of those things where you're like, yeah, you're grateful to the guys okay. for having your back, but at the same time, you're like, this guy doesn't want me. So yeah, why exactly. should I stick around for someone that doesn't, yeah, doesn't want me to be a part of his thing? That's, that's but thing. that's it's very rare for the team any team to rally behind one skater and like have their back like that because most skaters 
and I don't mean this in a bad way, but they're so scared of getting kicked off the team themselves that they don't want to stick their head above and be like, oh yeah, because, you know, I remember Julian Ba talking about it, like all the guys got him onto the Razors pro team and it was like, you know, it was Brian Aragon and Murda and stuff like that. They got him on. And then when Andy tried to kick him off, none of them defended him. None of them were like, oh yeah, he's been, he's been putting in the work, da 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 da, like, Andy went, oh, you didn't skate with, you didn't skate at this trip. And Julian was like, yeah, I did. And yeah, all the rest yeah. of the guys just stayed silent. And you're like, they're, su- they're supposed to be your friends. <laughs> and they just like fed you to the wolf. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. It was on Jump Street, was it? Yeah, was it? like, yeah, like that's, that's messed up. Like I would, I'd be kind of pissed at them after that. I'd be like, don't, we're not friends. You, yeah. you didn't stand up for me. That's the thing. And yeah, Kranto's team was super, like a family and they stood up for me. Also, after leaving races, like Victor Daum, Victor Daum and who else? So, so I don't remember now, but a few guys wrote me about, hey, what's happening next? Lots of guys, lots yeah. of guys wrote me that and pretty supportive and the things, yeah, I told them, I hope they're going to value you. That's it. I hope yeah, so. There, there can't, yeah, there can't be that many riders left. On they have to value some, some rider they have to value. I mean. it's, yeah, it's kind of strange because even if they, I, I would imagine it would even be quite hard for them to get someone like onto their pro team, like say if they've got like try and get someone, you know, renowned or famous within Bladen because most people know all the stories about what's been going on with Razors in recent years and they'll be like no I don't I don't want to skate for your brand like it, it sounds terrible <laughs> definitely Rafinha played Rafinha from Brazil you sing remember names the name's familiar I'm trying to I'm trying to remember Played Rafinha. He was getting a lot with Kaleo. Yeah, got you now. Yeah. He was on races. He was in Barcelona for one year. They brought him here. And then? And then they just left him like, yeah, <laughs> we won't pay anymore. <laughs> just you're, you're here now. That's yeah, your yeah. problem. Yeah, you, you, you deal yeah. with it. Right, okay, and, cool. And that wasn't really good and I didn't like it, how they treat him. That was yeah. also a factor why I wanted to leave because if you if you treat the South American brothers, for me they are brothers because I'm South American, if you treat them like that, then I feel treated the same way. Like South America needs a voice right now too. Like you just, like the skates like also getting more expensive really expensive yeah i've i've saw that yeah it's already hard for a south american a colombian my my girlfriend is colombian alejandra i know everything from colombia it's like in argentina you can't afford skates you cannot pay for a pair of skates it's like you have to um save money up for like six months eating tuna out of the you know out of the camp yeah for having a pair of skates and it's crazy. And right now they just, all the prices go up. And I think it should be um, something important to think about South America too, because they have so many people skating. That's, that's the thing, so yeah. Many. 
there's there's such strong scenes over there and whenever they used to do tours over there like people would people would like gather in massive crowds like you know a band was coming to town and then when they did that they did that efees thing and it seemed like every south american skater had way more votes than everyone else because they've got such a massive like strong community there that are like we're getting behind our guys or girls and they're like we are supporting the hell out of them so you would think you would think skate companies would want to like go over there and take advantage of that and be like like if you go over there and show an interest in just any of those communities they're going to be loyal to your brand that's the thing. That's what I wanted to do with races, but it never showed any interest. It just when I went to Argentina with projects going on, like um, they're gonna do a competition with my face on the flyer. Like I'm going to Argentina to do a competition with my face on the flyer. I'm gonna visit skate shops. I'm gonna do a video. Blah blah. Never answered my email. Just said, "Hey, if you find any distributor, any possible distributor." just sent us the contact. That was the only thing he answered for my projects to, for going to Argentina, you know, for, and he, that's also the thing I have to say at the, at the beginning, he promised me uh, to pay a trip to South America and he never did it. Also, it's not your job to find the distributor. Like they're the business It's that's, that's their responsibility. That, that would be like, yeah, I mean, I've been a sales agent for the company I was working, yeah. but I was getting money for it, you know. <laughs> and they should have contacts. That's like that's like going, oh, you want a pro skate? Well, if you could just go and find a supplier and <laughs> a manufacturer, and if you could just find someone that could just you know make the molds for it, and you're like, no, that that's not <laughs> my job. That's not my job. You do your job. <laughs> yeah. So it was pretty fun. <laughs> wow. Okay. Cool. But yeah, yeah, I hope that all the companies take a big look at South America because I went to a competition that just organized two weeks before I was getting there. They organized and there were like 100 people, 120 people. Everybody's cheering for everybody. You just land your first Royale and they cheer like, like a goal of Messi in the final of Copa America. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it seems like one of those things that, I always remember it throughout the years, just the various countries and Asia as well, just having these like really strong communities. And then it just seems like the aggressive skate industry just forgot about them and went, or I understand that it, you know, it's obviously going to be more expensive to get products out there. But if you've got this customer base and it's big and it's strong and it's got the potential to grow really big, then it kind of seems like a missed opportunity to not try and take advantage of it. Yeah. So invest something, invest in a little bit, man. Like there's so many people really, they just can't afford skates. They don't have youngsters because no parent would buy their kid. Uh, like, I don't know, for example, a skate, a 2000 euro skate in euros. Yeah. Say so like you wouldn't buy your kid a 2000 euro skate if you can buy a, 100 euro skateboard or yeah or yeah if you or, compare a little bit the well yeah because the, i imagine there's you know bikes and skateboard and scooters and stuff like that being made there that you don't have to pay these insane import duties on because they're not coming from china or america or europe or whatever yeah i mean people are right now printing like 3d printing cuffs straps 
everything for the power plates, uh, for their power slide skates, for the rollerblade skates, for everything, because they don't get the parts. Yeah, no parts. Yeah, you, you don't really consider that when you, you're fortunate enough to live in like Western countries where oh, that's, yeah. that's just not. Skate shops. I got three skate shops in one city. Three. Yeah. I mean, I would like—I would like to hope you have that many. Of course, you've got—you live in like the the extreme sports capital of Europe. Like, if 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 you didn't have that many skate shops there, you'd wonder what hope any other city had. But it's sad coming from Argentina and having it all here and having all those friends there, and they don't have the same chance. Yeah, definitely. I Plus. feel super shitty when I post an unpacking video. Like I feel super shit. Like un unboxing video, like they don't even can get normal products, and I like, oh yeah, I got this, I got this. I feel like shit. I don't know. I shouldn't feel like that, but I know. Yeah, I, I do. No, just show, just shows you've got like compassion and empathy to not just think about yourself. That's not a negative thing. Yeah. Um. So you're clearly rolling a joint right now. So that means let's let's <laughs> let's let's try and end this on a on a positive note while you finish off your joint. Uh, I, I think we shouldn't we shouldn't talk about this. Or can I? I don't know how it is, but yeah. Okay. I mean, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Plus, Eugen Eugen's already told me that he he considers you one of the biggest stoners he's ever met. So that's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eugen saw me when I went to the roll together session in Duisburg with some friends. We brought a bong. With a 10 to 20 centimeters glass bong on the session. <laughs> so everybody, Joe Sank, Patrick Smith, Alex Kluber, all the friends would go to us and just smoke a bong, hit the bong, and chill with us. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> probably where that came from then. <laughs> uh, but yeah. You're like, um, I don't have anything more to say about that. Right, let's wrap things up. Anything you want to say before we before we close things out? And anyone you want to say thank you to, or anything you want yeah. to say to people watching? Yeah, I would say I would like to say thank you to all the Stuttgart guys, Felbach, Felbach, my, the village where I started skating, and the Stuttgart guys when they came to the first competition I went to, 2006, and then 2007, and then they brought me to the streets, to the real world. And I want to thank all the guys from Stuttgart, especially from Barcelona too, Carlos and Michel, who when I was down after Rams and Prime Tours, I came to Barcelona and I was a bit down and they helped me to get the motivation back. And also to my girlfriend, Alejandra, my mom, who are always there for me, my brother, my sister, uh yeah basically my whole family and all my friends and the south american people vamos argentina nice man well yeah exactly it sounds like things are going in the right direction for you and i hope things work out well with icon you know montre always seems to have like the skater's best interest at heart so i i've no doubt my mind he will fight for you guys whatever you know he he can get for you so yeah can't wait to see your new section tnt video and can't wait to see you on icon skates and hopefully we'll get 
a good couple of sections out of you this year. And 50-50 too. Yeah, and 50-50, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So yeah, it was pretty pretty much a pleasure. I was super nervous. Really? Uh, Why? Because, I don't know, It's it was the third interview in six months, but I had one in, in German, one in Spanish, and now in, in, in English. And oof, English Ticked, is the hardest one. Ticked all the boxes. I don't know. You handled it, you handled it really well. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> right. I'm going to let you go and smoke that and uh, speak soon. <laughs> Thank you very much. Speak Wish you all the best. Thanks. Thanks.